Fawcett with Carl Reader, helping you to control your time, your income, and your life. Hello, everybody. It's great to be speaking to you yet again. And today, what I wanted to do was just to share with you a um, a bit of feedback on my learnings on the job of being a writer. And this comes the day after I was um, proud to be announced as highly commended in the Business Book Awards. So the Business Book Awards is um, probably the leading award program for business books in the UK. Um, I've been a judge of the Business Book Awards for probably the last four or five years. It's a great experience. You get to um, meet some wonderful fellow judges. Uh, They tend to be publishers, other authors, and people within that world. Uh, But perhaps more importantly, you get to see for books that are making a real tangible impact to um, business owners and business leaders today. So it was a real honor to, to sit on the other side of the table and be judged by my peers as being up there. Um, It goes alongside the Independent Press Awards Award, which I won um, earlier this year. And that's a New York-based award for um, any book that's published outside of the top five publishers. So again, that was amazing. And also I was delighted to see my book still sitting in the charts in WH Smith's. Now, given that here in the UK, we're headed rapidly to a bank holiday, I'm recording this just before bank holiday, uh, just before a bank holiday weekend at the end of May. Um, nobody works over bank holidays, so I'm pretty safe to assume now that the book has been charting from um, November right the way through till June. That's my crystal ball telling me that nobody's going to clear the shelves in between now and the first of June. So, um, fantastic news on my book. Here's how I go about writing a book. Here's how, if any of you wanted to think about writing a book, wanted to go down that path, here's some of the tips that I'd have. So what I was thinking of doing originally was just talking about the actual writing, you know, how I overcome writer's block, how I um, chunk down the chapters and so on. But, But actually, that comes so much later on in the process. You know, we've heard of this saying that failing to plan is planning to fail. And when it comes to writing a book, that that could never be more true. And if you haven't gone through an appropriate ideation process, a planning process and so on, what happens is that you ultimately end up paying thousands and thousands and thousands to be self-published. The book is absolutely dreadful. You sell about 10 copies and it just it just seems like a really expensive business card. And that doesn't make the impact that most of us want to make in this world. You see, if you're listening even this far, you're probably, you've got a burning idea or a message that you want to share, or or maybe even you just know that you want to contribute something, but you don't quite know what it is. So you have to go through the process. And the first stage of that is the ideation, coming up with the concept of your book, what it is that you want to write, who it is that you want to reach, um, and put yourself in the audience's shoes. What actions do you want them to take once they've read your book? What emotions do you want them to feel? What changes do you want them to make in their lives? You you really need to brainstorm that kind of stuff because that is the stuff that shapes your book. It's not about the message that you've got to share. It's about the message that can transform a reader's life. So you need to go through that process of really working out what to do, how to do it, um, you know, what, what is it that's um, going to make that real difference? Following up from that, you then have to write a proposal. 
And there's um, three different types of books. You've got published books, you've got self-published, and you've got the, I, I guess, the new breed of hybrid publishing, which is a halfway house between true self-publishing and published. So a traditional publisher would expect you to come to them with a proposal. And the proposal would be, you know, maybe a three or four page document. And it sets out things like your author platform. It sets out who the book is aimed at, what the competitors are, what the search engine terms are, and so on. It's a fairly dry document. Um, for non-fiction books, it also includes a chapter list. Um, for fiction books, you'd be expected to submit uh, probably the entire manuscript. Non-fiction, you'd be expected to submit probably a chapter. So that's the kind of stuff that a publisher would look for. But this document actually really serves as a very useful planning document because it, it makes you think about the chapters. It makes you think about the flow of the book, the journey that you want the reader to go on and the points in the book that you're going to open up more of the narrative, more of the story. Um, for example, in Bosset, one of the things that you might not have noticed when you read, but hopefully if you've read the book and you, know, you hear this, hopefully you sit back and reflect on it and um, see where I've come from with this. What I tried to do was to carve the book up not only into um, several sections, so um, you know, effectively selling the sizzle of self-employment or business ownership, then going through the planning stage, the actual starting up and then the scaling. So there was a journey there. But also within that journey, I tried very deliberately to not make it autobiographical until the end. So the book actually focused on much bigger companies right at the start, where we were looking at case studies, um, where we can bring in some implementable um, lessons from what they've done. It then dived into a bit more nuts and bolts detail through theoretical examples. And then as we moved towards scaling, that was where I brought in the experiences that I've had on my own journey of building a business, stepping away from it, et cetera, et cetera. So you need to think about it from multiple layers. What What is the logical flow? What emotional flow do you want? And also, um, at what point do you want to share the right messages within your book? So that proposal document really helps you map that out. Now, what I do when um, speaking to the publisher is I also ensure that I provide a platform document as well. Because here's the thing. Publishing is a changing industry, but the publishing industry itself is very traditional. And um, certainly with, with what we call the traditional publishers, they need to make sure that it's commercially viable. And publishing books has never been tougher to justify as commercially viable than it is today. Now, self-publishing, as I say, you can arrange to um, get books printed on demand and you can hire editors and so on and so forth. I personally prefer traditional publishers because you don't get your book in bookshops if you're self-published unless you pay a lot of money for a sponsored placement. Um, and then there's hybrid publishers and hybrid publishers are um, they, they're a, a cross between the two. They expect you to pay for the privilege, but they then uh, wrap up all of the services that you'd need as a self-published author under one roof and add an external lens on the book to make sure that it's got a level of credibility. But look, focusing on the traditional publisher, you really need to put together a platform document. So who you are, what your reach is, uh, what your markets are, and ultimately what your route to market for the book is. Because the publisher, and, and here's the thing, they will never tell you this, but they're not going to go out and sell your book for you. Only you can do that. So writing a book 
is actually the easy part. The difficult part comes afterwards, and it's for promotion, it's for selling. It's about making sure that book lands in people's hands. So those two together combine to create your pitch, and hopefully you then navigate through that process of getting a book deal. Now, there's a number of things, that lessons that I've learned along the way, some of which I'm happy to share publicly, some of which wouldn't look too favourable on the people involved, so I would rather not share. But um, what I would say is that you need to be very careful about the agreements that you sign in every publishing deal that I've signed. There are things that in hindsight I wish that I had looked at and considered and changed. Things like um, the rights to audiobooks, things like the rights to ebooks, um, things like the um, commitments from the publisher insofar as what they would look to do for distribution, things like um, ensuring that there's um, certain releases and uh, that, that the global scale of a launch meets your aspirations. So that there's a number of things that you need to look at. And it could be advantageous if you manage to, to get an agent on your side. However, most literary agents aren't really interested in business books. Do you know why? The average business book sells 500 copies. As you can imagine, when you take off the cost of print and all of that stuff, you're down to a very low number. And let's be honest, if they got 100% of it, it's not worth their time. So um, that's why it's really important to go into this with a bit of an open mind about the, the traps and so on. And I'll share with you at the end of this episode a way that you can do that. The actual writing itself. I've written three books and I've had three different ways of writing. I'll share all three and I'll leave it for you to decide what is the best approach. I think I found the best approach for me. However, there are different ones. So with Startup Coach, what I did was a mind map for each chapter. So an A4 piece of paper, I wrote the chapter name in the middle of the page and then I branched off all of the things that I could think about in that chapter, put it up on the wall I had a wall with however many chapters it was, maybe 15, I guess. And then I just started writing. The problem with that was that for me, it wasn't enough structure. And I found that there were some chapters and you know, some sections where I was gushing with information. And there are others where I was really struggling. So I was having some chapters capping out like 4,000, 5,000 words, others at 2,000, which just wasn't any good, particularly as that was a series book, not a standalone book. And here's the thing. A series book has to meet the format and the layout and the house style that the publisher dictates. So I had a certain way that I had to write the book. I had a certain chapter length. I had a certain number of exercises to include. I had a certain structure to the beginning and the ends of the chapters and so on. So I really had to work around my creative mind map and um, retrofit the house style into what I was trying to achieve. The second book, I was mindful of these challenges. And the second book was called The Franchising Handbook. And I tried a much more robust approach. So I had the chapter plan for my proposal. But I then spent a considerable amount of time breaking down quite literally paragraph by paragraph. I went down to mapping out every 150 words of the book. So I had a big spreadsheet with the chapter headings and then subheadings and then broken down pretty much each line or two that I was going to write. And this was perhaps the um, complete opposite of a startup coach in that it was too rigid and there wasn't any room for creativity. And what happened was I would get into the flow of writing and I would find that all of a sudden I've um, 
I've hit a point where I've either repeated something that I've said before or I had something else I wanted to put in and it just screwed up the plan. You know, much like speaking from a script, most of you will know that I never speak from a script. I never have notes. I just tend to freeform with a broad structure. Um, I find that writing for me works in a similar way, but I like a broad structure of where I'm going to go, the overall direction, but I don't like it mapped out to the nth degree. And that happened with um, the Franchising Handbook. And I found that I spent a lot of time retro, uh, retrospectively amending the structure. And it was um, it was quite an intensive thing to do. So the third approach and the approach that sat most comfortably with me is probably the lowest tech and the most amateur way of doing it. Um, again, I'm going to share with you at the end of this episode where you can find out more about all of this stuff. But the, fir- the third thing that I did was that I created a Word document for each individual chapter. Now, the previous books, I just had one big document, but a Word document for each chapter. At the top, I whacked on the title, and then I did a um, just a brief intro. In this chapter, you will learn, and then bullet point, bullet point, bullet point. So that was my three key messages that I wanted to do in each chapter. I'm a simple guy, I like working by rules of three. So I had the general title, the three bullet points of the direction, For me, each of those bullet points was a thousand words. So I then broke down um, within that document. I put bullet point one, page break, bullet point two, page break, bullet point three. I then, with each bullet point, I then broke it down into maybe two, three, four subheadings, what what came to mind. And that brought me down to maybe two, three hundred words per block. And then it was fairly easy to fill that in dynamically on the go without being overplanned. So... So that was what worked for me. Hey, look, and the question that you probably got that sat in your mind is about writer's block. Does it happen? Is it a real thing? Yes, it is. How long does a book take to write? How long is a piece of string? Look, writer's block is a very real thing. And it's an issue that I've had as an author. It's an issue that I'll always have. And it absolutely staggers me that writer's block is something that actually comes up when I'm writing about the stuff that I know inside out. Um, I actually find that sometimes when I'm storytelling or um, when I'm distilling some research or distilling some complex ideas, that's actually really simple for me. But when I'm just regurgitating the stuff that I do day in, day out, the stuff that I talk to people every single day, that's when I get writer's block. And it makes no sense. It makes no sense at all. But that's when it hits me. On a good day, I can do about 12,000 words. And yeah, that's going some. Most authors would struggle with that. I do, um, even with a good break, I'll probably do about a thousand words in about 45, 50 minutes. Um, so that's going some, that's that's quite a pace. And um, on a bad day, I do about 300 words. And it really is painful as a writer looking at a blank screen and wondering where you go next, wondering just where the inspiration is going to come from. So I guess I'll leave you with um, one last learning. For me, I found that it just simply doesn't work to block out time to write a book. It's not as easy as blocking out two weeks and working on it full time. Uh, There are some people who like to just dedicate the first hour of the day to it or similar. But again, I find that that's too restrictive and it stops me really hitting my creative flow. So actually, what I try to do when I'm writing a book is just to go a little bit easier on my schedule, but allow myself the permission to do it. Now, I found that um, if if you listen to the Train Ride to Nowhere episode a couple of episodes ago, I found that um, using dead time was a great way to do this. 
Um, so I could knock out a thousand words on a train journey. That was great. That would be one third of a chapter. So um, that worked really well for me, finding slots like that. And I also used back when I was traveling, I used time zone differences where I was awake, but the rest of the world didn't seem to be nearby. I found that as another great um, way to knock up a few words. I think when I was in Los Angeles, I knocked out about 25,000 words doing that. Um, but you need to you need to work to what works for you. If you're the kind of person who can join the 5am club and do it religiously every day, then great. But you know what? I love my duvet and my pillow too much. So that leaves me now just to give a shout out to my good friend, Michael Heppel, who's actually running a course on this stuff. So I'll pop a link in the show notes. But if you want to know more about what he's doing, it's a free of charge course. And he's on quite an ambitious target of um, getting a thousand people to write a thousand books. And... Um, if you've not if you've not heard about him, if you've not seen him, then check him out. He was on my podcast before. You'll see him if you scroll back the episodes, probably about 20 or 30 episodes ago. Uh, but he's a wonderful guy. He wrote a book called How to Be Brilliant, Sunday Times bestseller, and an absolute legend and a nice guy as well. If you look at http colon forward slash forward slash carl C-A-R-L dot two T-O forward slash W-T-B. So that's Carl dot two forward slash WTB to learn more about his course. It's free of charge. And I've said to him, but I'll share it far and wide because he's been an inspiration to me and I'm sure he'll help others. So check that out. If you've been inspired by this podcast, drop me a note, you know, let me know on social media. If you've got that urge to write a book, if you need any advice or any assistance, I'll be delighted to help. And in the meantime, I look forward to speaking to you guys soon. Fawcett is available globally at all good bookstores, physical and online. Check out this best-selling book online at carl.2 book.